Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Church is Now Online. I am Dan Jacobson, joined by Scott Irwin. That's me. And the princess herself. Oh, no. Oh, yes. no. I reject that title. She I doesn't want it. Kristen, want it. Princess Kristen. Oh, my. Hi, everybody. There's a lot of famous princesses in the world. Princess Diana. Uh, I feel like princess, princess is a princess oh, is mm-hmm. a derogatory term in the sense that it 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 suggests diva ness, and so mm. I would I would prefer if you're gonna go with princess, we just have to tag it to the daughter of the king princess. There we go. Not the not the high maintenance the diva Markle. princess. Diva. Megan, hey, Markle, don't dog Meghan Markle. Hold on, though. This is an interesting question because is she a princess? No, duchess. What's Wait, the difference? Is she really? She's a duchess. This is yes. the German chancellor, right? I didn't think. <laughs> Who's Merkel? Angela <laughs> Merkel. <laughs> oh, Angela. And you're oh, right. This is Jeez. the who's, best podcast we've ever done. Meghan Merkel. I don't Meghan know. Meghan Markle. Is. Harry and Meghan. Married Prince oh, Harry. Oh, I heard she was Markle. on suits, You know? Mm. Just that was, was thinking Scott, Harry Angela no Merkel. Angela. <laughs> Angela. Angela. I'm really impressed though that you made the connection to the British Chancellor. That's not that British. Shows that German. You're, uh, German, I'm sorry. That shows that you're not a uh under the rock American. Like you actually know. <laughs> the 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 governmental structure you're, of you are countries. more interested in the, <laughs> the politics of the world than in pop culture and for that we affirm you yes, uh, yes. Well, thank you or thank the, you the puppet governments of the british monarchy yes. there we go yeah. there we go how yeah. cool is it wow. i would totally Scott, you can redeem yourself man what do you want to talk about today listen i want to start <laughs> i want to start a new instagram challenge can we get oh. behind this i want to start a brand new instagram challenge okay oh. and i want everybody to showcase all of the new skills that they have learned in quarantine. Ah. And I think it would be a really good bookend to this whole thing. You know, we started, I had no idea. And now I close and look at all the things that I've learned to do. Like, yeah, we're, I love we're that. Keep a sourdough starter alive or yeah, I, I don't know what else. I don't even know what you just said. What is a sourdough starter? I don't know. It's all, I've, I've heard about all these sourdough starters. I can't do it, but. Apparently, is it like bread? Like, like how you get the bread? Yes, but it's like as difficult as raising a child, like keeping a child alive, apparently. I want to take a little bit of issue with that. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> have kids. Having so I raised could. <laughs> a child myself, I feel like I might be able to question that a bit, Scott. Fair, fair. Yeah. I, I, will, I will accept the pushback. But uh, no, I, I, I think it'd be cool to showcase all of the new skills that we all have learned being quarantined in our houses. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay so okay. is this so, how Instagram challenges start? Someone on a podcast yes. is like, here's a new Instagram challenge. Everybody go. Or is there like a hashtag we need? Is there? No, like- I, I think it's uh, I think there's a, like a governmental department of like Instagram challenges and you have to yeah. go through them. File and, a patent. Yes. Wait 60 days. Up. And then it starts. And yeah. then you can begin. And nice. if we act now, <laughs> will be done before phase five hits yes it'll be perfect it'll be perfect okay so that's a that i love it um i'm trying to think of like what i've is it mastered or just learned no like, definitely not mastered because okay. then i would have no skills to add <laughs> i i was thinking well even like with even with our my job so like at church 
we had to shift and we had to start doing new things. So yeah, like definitely didn't master, but learned how to use Adobe Premiere, which was really cool. So like video editing stuff, had never done that stuff before. Yeah. Kind of learned how to do it and with some kind of, you know, capacity to, to put videos out. I just thought you wanted a, a good excuse to have a giant TV in your office. Oh, yes, That's absolutely. That's what I thought you wanted. You Day were actually two using it. of lockdown, oh. I wheeled a massive TV into my uh, office at church. I <laughs> emptied my office out and you moved everything into your office. I did. That's I how did. it worked. <laughs> yeah. What what skills have you guys learned? Have you learned any, any new skills? Yeah, I totally have one. So I got? have learned how to... Um, mute my Zoom audio and make it look like I'm talking kindly to my children while scolding them. Wow. I think it's pretty, I've perfected, I've perfected the screaming at my form. children while smiling so people have no idea what's happening. So now when your children see you smile, do they not know like they shrink away it's a, and, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and go She's hide like in a, their room. a Doberman showing her teeth. Right. Yeah. yeah. There, so that, that's funny because, you know, if you're raised in church and you had to, like, be quiet in the pews, like both Kristen and I were, Scott, yep. I'm sure this, you had an experience like this too, and you were acting out of line. Your parents had a kind way, like the socially appropriate church way of mm-hmm. disciplining you back in line. And no one had any idea. This is like the equivalent of that. This is like the online exactly. version of yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. The, the 2020 and version. It's a skill and I have perfected it. What's yours, yeah. Dan? Man, I, I don't even know. I think like podcasting, you know, we've never done this before and we had to do this. And so this is something that um, we've been we've been working on and it's been fun. Um, I don't I don't know that I've learned any new skills. I've just had time to to do some of the skills that I had learned. <laughs> like I've been working on my boat. Right. And so that's a lot of like fiberglass work. And uh, hopefully soon I'll be able to like gel coat my boat, which, you know, only like three people listening to this podcast maybe even know what that is. But that's a new skill. You know, Scott, you were just walking me through that. Um, we have uh, a couple of house projects here or there. I built, oh, how about this? I built a desk. Nice. I built my daughter a desk. Hold it's on. Like a drawer that hold, pulls out. Hold on. Oh, wait. What? I feel like we are we are playing fast and loose with the word built. (laughs) What do you mean? I totally built it. You refinished a piece of furniture that we found on a curb. Mm. Right? This is how I know Kristen has no idea what I'm ever doing. (laughs) Is because that piece of furniture was burned in our burn pile back in the Oh, you built this from scratch? Yes, I went out oh, to the store wow. and I purchased sticks. They're called. I call them that. Two by twos and sticks. Yeah, all and of that I, there is from scratch, from my mind. See how, I'm proud to know that fire. you think that someone else built that. <laughs> if you go out underneath our deck, the top of that old piece is still there because I used it to reference uh, to know how big to build a new one. Nice. Okay, my bad. I take it back. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> built a de- built a desk. Built a That's desk. Really cool. Good job. Yeah. I think I think it would be really cool to hear about everybody's newfound talents. Totally. I love I it. So love what's this called? Uh oh that's a good that's a good call. We gotta name it something cool. Hmm. Um, quarantine skills. That's not cool, Dan. Skilled like, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's it called? Like the 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 school of life that people say they went to? Hard knocks. Hard, Hard knocks. knocks. Oh that's right. That's right. The school of I don't know. It was quarantine. 
We're going to edit all this out. This is like radio. brainstorming time. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, can, we can shorten this. We're circling guys, it. We're circling it. And once guys, we get on well, it. Let's just have an episode where we think about the title. Yes. Okay. We'll come Hold up on. with something, that's something catchy. And, and uh, I'm sure someone halfway through us doing this will be, uh, be good. But yeah, I'm totally going to take a picture of that desk now and just uh, call that my thing. Yeah, there you go. Take a picture yeah. of the desk. Post it on with whatever hashtag we decide. <laughs> hashtag to be determined. To be determined. Yeah. <laughs> you know what my real Tech skill has become is uh, is catching mice. Oh yeah. We've, once again. Caught... Once again. I feel like <laughs> no, no, no. we're playing fast and loose. With catch no, no. I'm mice. perfectly accurate. I oh. am really good at catching the mice. I made and... Kristen take them out of the car. There it is. There yeah. it is. He yeah. sets the trap, but someone else in our household is responsible for actually disposing of the mouse corpses. And Scott, that's the other day, yeah. this is a totally true story. The other day, I was cleaning out the garage and washing the car with, um, with our kids, and I turned my back, and all of a sudden I heard this like knock, and I turned around, and Miles and I were at the front of our car. He looks and points at the ground, and there's a dead mouse. It's just lying there. It wasn't there one second. I turn my back. All of a sudden, it's there. And the it's only thing we can imagine huh. is that a hawk or some bird dropped it, and it yeah. landed right in front of us. It was. It had like talon marks. It. It was. It was long dead. Uh, but our That's house right terrifying. now has got a, a mouse curse upon it. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Cause you, this seems to be a, a, a reoccurring situation, but yes. only we your used cars. To, yeah. <laughs> so we used to have a snake problem at our house yes. and now we've, you know, prevented the I did too the good snakes. of a job with mm. that. They all moved to someone else's yard. It's the circle of life. And now yeah. it's a mouse you problem. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which would you so rather have, an... the mice or the snake? I mice. Wish I, the snakes. No. Mice. I pick snakes. Yeah, because snakes you see once a year, and then they go back to their hole, and they really don't like you, and you know. So Instagram <laughs> oh, challenge sounds weird. great, man. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Instagram so challenge. People need a hashtag. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, if you if you think of a good hashtag, let us know, or you can start it, and then yeah. tag us. And we will tell you the skills that we have not yet mastered. If the yeah, skill DJ that you've Anderson. mastered in quarantine yes. is marketing ridiculous Instagram posts. I want to see. Please come up with a yes. clever name. I also want to see everybody's shameful haircut pictures. Oh, yeah. I want to know, like, I want to see what you did to your kids. I want to know that. So can we, can we combine the two ideas? Absolutely. Maybe the skill you learn is to give bad haircuts. Yeah. Or you got better as quarantine went on. Yes. Hey. So. Today we have a really exciting interview. Um, a good friend of mine, Caitlin Park, is here to discuss um, what it's like to be an ICU nurse in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And I'm excited for you guys to hear from a medical perspective from someone that we really love at our campus. Here's Caitlin.
joining us uh, here is someone from who's newer to the HP community, uh, Caitlin Park. Caitlin, welcome to uh, the podcast. Hey, thanks. Glad to be now, here. <laughs> you, uh, you and Kristen go way back. Way back. The, way back. To the pre-COVID days <laughs> uh, when women of the word used to get together and actually sit at the same table. And so tell us about coming to HP and how long you how long have you guys uh, been here? Uh, so Joey and I got married in August of last year. Uh, and so we've been, we've dated kind of long distance. And then obviously I moved out here where he already had a house. Um, we've been going as frequently as we can because we have crazy work schedules and work a lot of weekends. Um, so we've been going since then. And what do you do for a job? I'm an ICU nurse. That's, um, how does it feel to be an ICU nurse right now? <laughs> I was going to say, this that, day. that Everybody, like a loaded yeah. job title these days. Well, and you, you hear ICU nurse and everybody now is, well, there, there goes a hero, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Do you feel like a hero, Caitlin? Uh, no, not really. Or is it just like normal job? <laughs> it's definitely not normal job. Uh, so, I mean, every time since I've become an ICU nurse, like six years ago, people are like, Ooh, intensive care. Isn't that just so intense? <laughs> yeah. Like, nice. just a creative game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it never really, I don't know, it, it has been intense the last six years, but this is just, it's so different right now. It's, um, it's exhausting. Um, it's, it is very fulfilling, like when you have those wins, um, just like I guess it was before, though. What ways, what ways do you think it's, it's been different? I, you know, I have no concept for uh, medicine other than what my wife tells me from Grey's Anatomy. So I have very <laughs> limited understanding about how hospitals Crazy work. Accurate. Yeah. So, yeah, what's, what's been different the last couple of weeks for you? Um, well, I'm sure people have heard all about PPE these days. But, I mean, it used to be like... PPE, for those who are under a rock, stands for... Personal Protective Equipment. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, so it used to be like, you know, if your patient was in isolation, you would get all your garb on before you'd walk into the patient's room, and then you were done with that patient, and you'd take it all off, and you'd go sit out in the nurse's station, normal, um, with literally just your normal outfit on. And now we, the entire day, we walk around with our masks on, um, goggles, face shields. Thankfully, we don't have to wear gowns the whole day, which I know um, some other places are doing like dialysis centers. Our friends from church is doing that. Um, And I can imagine that because you sweat like a banshee. (laughs) So it's like, if you're a COVID nurse right now, we have to wear our N95 masks the entire shift, like wow. nonstop. And so you're, you think a surgical mask is bad? Like these things are so tight fitting to your face. I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures of people with like the uh, scars and stuff, the breakdown on their skin. Um, mm. So, and it's exhausting to breathe through that um, for 12, 13 hours. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about uh, if you can put yourself back in February. How closely were you watching, or were you aware of the, um, you know, what's the phrase, impending doom? <laughs> Is that what we want to call it? 
of of covid were was there a little bit of like a bracing for a storm that you guys felt at your hospital or was this a little like off your radar walk us through the early days of this um so i'm not a big news junkie like Kristen is um <laughs> thank you very so much. i kind of like i heard about it but i was kind of in the whole like i don't know the term but we're america and it'll never hit us kind of phase at the very beginning like oh that's a that's over it's in asia we're denial. fine yeah <laughs> that's denial. probably the best term <laughs> um and then so my sister's like hey so what's your hospital doing for this covid19 thing and i'd never hadn't paid attention close enough to know that we had like switched the name from coronavirus to COVID-19. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so then I started to try and pay attention a little bit more. We started like kind of rationing out our PPE. Um, I feel like pretty early, like before we even had cases, which was nice, probably the smartest thing that we, we did as a hospital. But um, yeah, I just I really was like, They'll figure it out and get it fixed before it ever reaches us. It we're fine. <laughs> so yeah. what was the moment that that all changed for you? Um, I think when I actually started to like take care of these, the patients like myself, um, it was like right smack in, in my face. Um, just, it was, you're giving the patient so much support medically and, not necessarily fixing anything mm. um, or fixing it at the slowest rate you've ever seen. Like this is, it's such a lengthy disease process to, to go through. So this is, uh, this is really, this is really cool. Cause I've, I've never talked to anybody who has taken care of a COVID patient and I have no concept for, for what it's like compared to other diseases because you, you know, you hear just, I'm a normal person and you think, oh, you get sick, you go to the hospital, and they fix you. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that's not necessarily what goes on with a COVID patient. So what's different if, you know, I would go to the hospital with just a normal treatable disease versus somebody who has COVID that's a, more intensive, as you say? Um, I feel like kind of like the normal length of hospitalization, depending on, I mean, whatever you have done or need fixed, you know, you can be there from like three to seven days. Um, and right now with like our COVID patients, like I think we just had somebody on a ventilator for like 21 days. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. And like our typical is like two weeks on a ventilator. And then, you know, you start making discussions about how permanent are we gonna make their life on a ventilator, whether you're moving forward with like a tracheostomy and things like that. Um, but we give these patients like way more time um, to see if we can get them off the ventilator. Because the other part you have to think of is that um, surgical staff, you know, they would be the ones doing those more advanced treatments or lengthening of, of care for like the tracheostomies and the, the feeding tubes and things like that. And they're trying to not expose more staff if they can help it or not expose, you know, sterile operating rooms um, they can help it. So we're kind of lengthening, giving people longer and more chances um, to uh, to get well without needing all of those things. And some people, I mean, it's it's exciting. They they do just need those that extra like seven days. Um, 
but it's even after you get a breathing tube out, then there's, you know, weaning down of oxygen. The other floors of the hospital only takes certain limits um, and concentrations of oxygen. So um, they, they stay in the ICU for a really long time, basically. Yeah. So the patient has to hit certain thresholds before they're moved off of your floor and they're, mm-hmm. you know, stable enough to go to a different floor and Sounds like exactly. that takes a very so, long time in some cases. Even more time on those floors before they get wow. close to going to a rehab facility or going home, which is obviously the ideal. Yeah. Caitlin, we've had some people at our church who have uh, been diagnosed and tested positive. We've talked to one person uh, uh, who went through a hospitalization um, uh, himself and recovered and uh, is doing well right now. Praise the Lord. Um how how have you just personally been affected by having to care for people who are battling this virus? That's a very hard question. Um, well, it's it's really hard on nurses right now um, to to have to be like the the caretaker, like and the family for these patients right mm-hmm. now um, because you know you don't want to spread it to anybody else. Um, so obviously we're not allowing families to, um, come to the hospital. So just trying to be that connection, um, for them to their families as much as you can is really, I don't know, it just adds another layer to the, the care of patients. When you hear about, uh, places laxing social distancing measures and you know all the ways that this spreads we know are um droplets and you know we we, all the buzzwords from the cdc these days droplets and distancing (laughs) and all that um we're in indiana you know we're we're in phases to open up the state and so i'm just curious as a medical professional this is totally your own opinion. I want to make sure, sure that's very clear that, you know, we're not asking you to give guidance for the whole state. Um, oh boy. Cause that would, that's not, that's just not what you are hired to do, nor what this podcast is about. Uh, but in your own opinion, how do you, uh, how do you reconcile some of your experiences with patients? And then knowing that many people um, are just treating this like it's a cold and if they catch a cold, no, no matter. I'm just curious from your perspective, this might, this might seem a little bit more severe than to someone like me, who's not been around any patients. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for if people have not seen any of this at all, you know, they've been doing the quarantine well and hiding in their house and it's hard to believe what they see on TV. So I have just have to say like, it's so real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I, but I really appreciate the the way that the governor of Indiana is trying to do this just in phases, you know, we're not just doors wide open, no masks. I appreciate the businesses who are requiring masks, even though I know it's um, really uncomfortable, believe me. I know it's really <laughs> uncomfortable uh, firsthand. Yeah. Um, but I think if I'm, I'm really excited to, for them to open up things and kind of see how we do with this and um, see what our uh, COVID census changes to. Um, and if, if we can do this well, man, I'd be all about it continuing to open up. You know, I'm, I'm all for getting back to normal as much as anybody else. And I would say the same for my coworkers. I mean, we have a certain level of 
fear as well. If this doesn't, um, if these guidelines aren't effective enough. How are people feeling? Like, how are they emotionally in the midst of this? I imagine it's been some kind of roller coaster. Um, but I know you just mentioned they, they're feeling excited about the reopening. Um, but maybe speak just a little bit more to that about um, what your feeling is in the midst of this and, and theirs as well. Um, so when we talked back in Bible study, you know, it was everything was first happening and there was so much unknown and fear um, and the rules and the regulations at the hospital were changing like every 20 minutes. You'd go into a patient's room with a certain level of PPE on, you'd come out and before you went in the next time with the same amount of PPE on, the rule had changed and now you don't get to wear this, but you had to wear that. It was exhausting and stressful. And a lot of my coworkers were like, not just like upset, we were mad about like, mm -hmm. just figure this out. Like give us right. a rule to follow, we will, we will follow them. Um, so it was really exhausting at first in the sense that like we were all just really grumpy for like quite a while. Sure. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like that has completely gone away. Um, there are some people, you know, who can't take care of these patients. So the people who can take care of these patients mm. get them even more frequently. Um, and so that means you're in the full on garb, just about every shift you work. Um, so it's, it's really hard to not see your other coworkers in just a regular surgical mask. Um, and be jealous <laughs> that they get to breathe better. Hmm. Uh, they have less oil and sweat on their face. <laughs> um, so I, I think that we're doing a little better in that sense now, but now we're just getting fatigued um, towards uh, everything and each other. Um, I know that I had kind of a rough weekend um, of work and it was very fatiguing. I don't know yeah. if I answered your question. Well, I think you hit on something really interesting. And mm -hmm. um, it's, it's that something that we are all experiencing, no matter where we work, what our occupation is, even within our church body. And it's the reality that people feel differently about this and people are experiencing it differently. And it's interesting that even in like a healthcare field, you guys are sitting uh -huh. in the same sort of nursing bay and you have to have an extreme level of coverage where somebody else doesn't have to. And there's emotion that runs high now because we've had these eight weeks or whatever of this quarantine and fatigue for you is real. It's real for everybody where mm -hmm. we are just over it. And I think that that's just super interesting. The fact that there's even a, a differentiation there within your, um, within your field. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Like the reality yeah. that we have yeah. people who who are like, I I I'm so sick of wearing a mask. And you have other people who are like, yeah. I have to wear a mask right now because I have somebody that is high risk in my home and I will do whatever it takes to keep them protected. It, yeah. I just think that there's an interesting reality there that we are all in, regardless of our field. Yeah. Caitlin, I think uh, it's interesting too that uh, you and uh, Joey have been married now for going on eight nine months, months today. Nine months nine today. Nine months. Hey. 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 Yesterday. And, and uh, by the time this drops, who knows what date it'll be. Uh, <laughs> but have you thought about what your job does to him? 
Like, is there, have you guys had any conversations about, um, you know, you taking precautions at home? Uh, we've sometimes talked to people on this podcast, even who work in different public sectors and they come home and they have routines that they go through to make sure they don't bring things to the house. But I'm just curious what that risk level and actions that you guys are taking to make sure that you don't spread anything to him. Yeah. So that was one of actually my first fears. Um, when all this came out, it wasn't like, what if I get COVID-19? How am I going to handle this? It's like, what if I bring this home to my husband? Like he, he didn't deserve this. He doesn't, you know, doesn't sign up for this in any way, shape or form. Um, so we had talked about like, Oh, should you stay in the guest bedroom and I'll like sleep in like our bedroom and yeah, whatever we'll just deal with it as it comes, I guess. Um, so basically right now our hospital is letting us have scrubs if we want to. And then like we give them back at the end of the shift. So we don't, um, have to take home our own dirty laundry, um, to take care of anymore, which is nice. But I still like the second I come in the door, our washer and dryer is right there. So I throw all the dirties in there and I say hi to them. And then I go straight to the shower and take the hottest shower mm -hmm. and finally get to rub my eyes and my face <laughs> that I haven't been able to do for the last 13 hours. Um, and then we, you know, just try and be normal. And if we go out to Menards, like we love to, we, uh, you know, mask up and it annoys him and like, <laughs> They won't let you, you in Menards without a mask. I Does watched someone crazy, try to do it. Uh -huh. Like the first like month that this was going on, like not even the workers in Menards were forced to like wear masks. And yeah. We were wearing masks and we're like, <laughs> yeah. Might, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Does My it, son particularly uh, doesn't like the Menards rules because he can't come with right now because he's under 16. Uh -huh. <laughs> so no candy for him. <laughs> Caitlin, does it feel so much better to put on a surgical mask afterwards. Oh is it like cloth one when you go to Menards? Yes. <laughs> you can breathe. Like this is amazing. <laughs> Hold on, let's you be honest here, Kaylin. Or your sunglasses a little bit more, but can we can we be that. can we be honest here for a second, Kaylin? When you see people complaining about the fact that they have to wear a cloth mask when they go in the store, are you a little <laughs> bit like over that? <laughs> yeah. We can edit this out later, yeah. but you there gotta go. be real. We won't. Definitely not. We're going to edit other stuff out, but Don't not me. this. This is great. Yes. Go ahead. Real Answer. talk. Real talk. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie that my coworkers and I, like we kind of band together on our lunch break. And did you see that meme that that person complained about wearing a mask? And now, yeah. oh, they get charged $1 for a mask because they didn't bring their own. They're going right. to throat <laughs> my eyes. Uh, the kindest I get. Kindest way I can say it, just roll my eyes at them. Kindest way is just to roll your eyes and move on. But what you're really thinking is, just kidding, you don't have to go there. But I do wonder <laughs> that. I do have that that thought, though. I wish that that we, we could stop and think a little bit, not just about our own inconveniences, but, but thinking about what other people are forced to do in the midst of this. And you sacrificially have to, to wear that garb 13 hours a day. I can't even imagine. Um, but you do it to protect yourself, to protect others, to protect your husband. And when we have to make a 40 minute Aldi run, ladies and gentlemen, it's all right to have to put a piece of cloth over your face. We will all survive. <laughs> we will. Kaylin, talk to us about um, some of the victories that you've seen. You know, I, I think yeah. we hear a lot of the really um, 
terrible stories about people who are uh, young and, and get sick and succumb to this disease. But have you have you been able to see people actually have to get on ventilators and come off and actually beat this thing? Tell us some of those stories, maybe. Uh, yeah, so when actually my very first um, patient who was COVID positive was, you know, had the full gamut. They were um, on life support. They were sedated and paralyzed. They were um, prone, so that's, you know, face down in the bed. Um, it really helps the, the lungs get better circulation and, and ventilation. Um, and, you know, we got her to the point that she was well enough to come off life support. Um, it was really cool because I got to be her nurse the day that she transferred out of our unit. Um, and then I was also working the day that um, she got discharged from the hospital and mm. was going home. Um, and it was oh. crazy emotional. Um, yeah. I love those victories. That's actually one of the reasons uh, why I love the ICU the most. Um, you get to see people in their their worst, at their absolute worst. Um, and then you get to see that progression where they're well enough to get out of the ICU when it's like, it's huge changes. Um, yeah. And those people, you know, they don't really remember you because of all the things that, um, you know, medications and everything. They don't, they don't know that you, you were holding their hands the whole time. And that, right. um, but I got to say goodbye to that patient before they got in their vehicle and waterworks um mm. emotional mess but so exciting and our hospital um is playing like praise god from who all blessings flow because i work for a catholic hospital um so anytime a covid positive patient gets discharged again um they play that song throughout the whole hospital just like they play the lullaby when a baby's born mm. and it's amazing. just like man it's like a take that covid like got it again <laughs> yeah uh, right so it's, I don't know, a lot of those patients weren't ever sick enough to come to the ICU, but we've got, um, had a few that have made it out and it's, it's really exciting, you know? Mm -hmm. What would you want us to know from a medical perspective about the time that we're living in right now? If there was like, you know, something you've learned throughout this season or some precaution that we should take or something that we should be thinking about, like what, just from your experience, um, might be helpful for us? Oh boy. Um, hand washing has always been important. Soap has always been important. Isn't it funny uh, that we all discovered it like three months ago? If we get one takeaway, it's that like we should continue to wash our hands. Yes. Yeah. Not just in flu season, not just... All the time. Yes. Um, I don't know, just... Just being um, grateful and um, thankful when you do have your health. Um, I know that I have had limited um, exposure myself to illness. And then when I do get sick, it's like the end of the world. Um, and so it always makes me appreciate my health so much more and, and just holding on to your loved ones as much as you can um, and everything as much as possible. Because so, you never know. Yeah. Caitlin, we're so grateful for the work you're doing and for uh, just the, the space that you're stepping into on a consistent basis to care for people who, many of them in real dire, dire straits. And it's great to hear even the improvement and to, to know that uh, you, the basic uh, nursing as well as uh, some of the things that you guys are doing in the hospitals are continuing life for these people. 
And mm-hmm. this is uh, just something that gives us hope. Uh, you know, we here who are not medical uh, are just grateful for uh, the ability that you guys have, the courage that you uh, do your job with, as well as uh, just the consistency and, and the compassion for, for others. Um, thank you so much. Uh, tell your husband thank you as well for uh, just encouraging and being there for you as you're there for others. Uh, we're just truly grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church-Hobert Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.